Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzer's League and all a rugby league experience. Welcome to part three, the final part just for this week of the halftime chat with Lee Addison. As I said in the first one, he's an awesome bloke, an awesome coach, great footy mind on him, so definitely worth listening to. This one is for Brisbane Broncos fans. We're going to be talking about the Brisbane Broncos. Very interesting little perspective on the Broncos this season, especially with the media that's been around them over the past few days. It's a very interesting chat here. Myself thinking that Brisbane were going to be an absolute powerhouse this season, which they probably will be, uh, with Lee uh, bringing that perspective in of maybe 6th to 10th for them this year. Uh, It's a very interesting chat. I won't spoil too much for you guys, so I'll let you have a listen now. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Moving on to the next team here, we've got the Brisbane Broncos, the oh. last for today. And it's, I thought I'd leave a little best for last, little exciting finish to the first episode. Uh, but the Brisbane Broncos, what are your thoughts on them going into this year? I watched every Broncos game last year. I had a Suncorp membership, not a Broncos membership, a Suncorp membership. So I watched a bit of rugby union. Um, and watched every virtually every Broncos game. And one of the beauties of last year was that because of COVID, a lot of the teams ended up coming up playing up here anyway. So it wasn't good for the liver. Um, I ended up <laughs> I ended up entertaining quite a people, quite a lot of people at these games. But um <clears throat> the Broncos are not a team that can be fixed by a few signings. Yeah, for sure. They've got a lot of... There are there are more problems at the Broncos than than a quick fix. Uh, are they doing the right things? Ben Eichen, I'm a massive Ben Eichen fan. I've met many people in rugby league, but only a couple really blow me away with the, the kind of people they are and the, the kind of operator they are. I have the utmost respect for Ben Eichen. He'd be in the top three rugby league people I've ever met. He used to talk about on NRL 360 how out of shape the Broncos roster was. Um, by its very nature, it's not going to take six months to fix that. Uh, this this is a club that needs to go on a rebuild. I think Broncos have a massive issue. They uh, they think they should be in the top four all the time. For me, they massively forget that. When they used to dominate a lot, they did have the best team all the time. And they were also the only show in Queensland. So Cyril Connell had the run of Queensland to get all the young players. Then the Cowboys came in the in the comp in 94. That was probably a bit too far away to worry Brisbane. But the Broncos haven't won a competition since the Titans entered the comp in 2008. That's only going to get worse with Redcliffe around now as well. So there's already some good juniors going to Redcliffe rather than the Broncos or rather than the Titans. Um, I know that from where I live and what I hear. And um, it is yeah. uh, the to me the Broncos are further down the chain than the Dragons are when it comes to rebuilding the club. 
a few results last year that they sort of managed to come out on the winning side of the ledger. I think it was because there were so many teams that were trying to be as bad as each other last year. There were some really poor teams last year. And I put the I honestly do put the Broncos firmly in that category. And as much as they've made some good signings, I'm I'm afraid I feel that it's only just a start for them. I think they're heading in the right direction, but I don't think I, I'm going to put it out there now. I think the Broncos are between six and ten, but they're just as likely to finish in ten as they are six. That's the kind of team they will be this year. They had real trouble defending last year. We often talk about and we look at recruits and think about how they can attack, but they had struggle defending. They had struggle defending on their own goal line. They had trouble, sorry. They struggled to defend on their own goal line. They, it, it almost felt last year, watching them in every game, that if you could get near the Broncos' goal line, you tended to score. And that suggests a bigger problem at the Broncos. Recently as well, this week, there was a leak about their training methods being too too tough mm. and that the players have been. Now, there's a few problems there. Number one, if the training methods have been too tough, well, Broncos guys, remember that you've not really been tearing up trees in a competition the last couple of years, so maybe you need to work harder to get more results, number one. But number two, why is that information leaking out? Why do the media hear that somebody at the Broncos said training is too tough? So I think there's still some problems at the Broncos. Um, I do believe that uh, Reynolds might be a doubt for round one because of his hamstrings. So, mm. you know, uh, Reynolds is a good signing, but also what's Reynolds' mentality like? Is he, is he at the end of his career? Has he got much to prove? I don't know. Um, has he got up there and been a bit underwhelmed with what's going on? Bear in mind that he's played under the master coach for the last few years and was a premiership winner not so long ago. I I noticed you were quite positive about the Broncos. Um, mate, I've, I've got to disagree with you on this one. I think, it, I think they're a work in progress. And I think the club has got to change its attitude that, that they are they demand a top four all the time. I think they've got to realise now they're just part of the pack. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting one for the Broncos. Personally, I think it's going to be a decent year for them. I agree yeah. with in the sense that they'll be 6-10. to 10. I actually agree yeah. that that's sort of where they're going to lie. I don't think they're going to be... Uh, a few weeks ago, I was very confident about them. I'm not going to lie. A few weeks ago, I was saying that they were going to be a top four side, and it was mainly because of the yeah. signings that they had. I felt like Adam Reynolds was sort of what they needed, and I thought he was fit and healthy. Then, obviously, you go uh, like comes out that, as you said, training's a bit too tough, and then it comes out that Adam Reynolds won't be fit for round one and that there's a hamstring issue. Then it, all this stuff starts to come out, and you sort of just wonder what's going on. Like, yeah, what what game are we playing? Remind me, Les, what game they're playing. They're not playing cricket. They're not playing tiddlywinks. They're playing the toughest sport in the world, the toughest ball sport in the world. Mm. And I don't know. I, I think that coming out as well is super disrespectful to the coach. Mm. And if the coach's authority is undermined, that's not a good sign. And a ball has not even been kicked. Mm. A ball has not even been kicked. Yeah, that's what that's a it's a big concern and um yeah very very concerned there um for the Broncos just bringing all that stuff up but as I said they will probably be a six to eight team a six to ten team 
Um, it really just depends on how Adam Reynolds goes, if he's fit and stuff like that, which we'll get into in a second, actually. Um, just yeah. looking at um, the signings that they've got, obviously, Adam Reynolds. Kurt Capewell, I think, is going to be one that's going to be good for their defense. I think he's going to really, really going to improve their defense because he, just watching him at Penrith, was one of the best defensive back rowers currently in the comp. I reckon his defense is sublime. In origin for Queensland as well, he was really, really good. So I'm really liking the Kurt Capewell signing. I thought that was a smart sort of signing. And again, we're talking about the rebuild that they're going through. I reckon in terms of rebuild, that's an outstanding signing for Brisbane. Um, Branko Lee um, is an interesting one. I think people forget how good Branko Lee is, especially since he was out for a year with his ACL. I think it was ACL or MCL. Um, But... Yeah, he's a sensational player and he's a big boy for a center as well. So he just carves up. I thought he was really mm-hmm. good in that trial match last week against the Titans, which was, mm-hmm. by the way, an mm-hmm. outstanding game. Um, Jordan mm-hmm. Pereira, very interesting signing there. And again, they've obviously seen some potential in him. I see a bit of potential in him and a bit of attacking upside as well. I thought he was unreal for St. George and sort of confused me again why they let him go. We talked about St. George before. <laughs> um, Billy Walters. I thought Billy Walters it would be a good signing and, and people are going to do, it's going to be the Nathan Cleary effect. It's going to be a lot of people giving Kevy Walters a bit of Barney because Billy Walters is most likely going to be the number six. And it's nothing about Kevy. It's about Billy Walters and he's got so much potential and he's probably been one of the halves for me. That's, st- that's really standing out at the moment in these trial games. Right yeah. games as well. Great signing. Again, we talked about him before, but great experience there for Brisbane. And then Tamari mm-hmm. Martin as well, who's on a training trial. I'd love to see him come back and play some football um, for the Broncos. It'd be very interesting to see if he gets a crack in the 14 jumper or even at six. Losses. We've got Anthony Milford, Tavita Pangai Jr., which I think is a big one. Isaiah Tars, he's gone to South now. I'm pretty sure that he's a half, so he could be in contention for that seven or maybe even a yeah. jersey, depending on how that, that slide sort of goes yeah. out. I think he can play in the centers as well. Um, John Asiata, I thought that was a bit of a strange one. It's not one of the losses that really stands out, but it's a it's a loss in terms of forwards. I think it's a, a bit of a big one. Um, yeah. Ethan Bullymore. That's a big man. one. That's a big one. He he, you know he he made some good impact when he came off the bench last year, mate. He, I remember a couple of times because I, where I used to see it, it was a bit of a distance away. I used to say, "Who's that there? Who's that there?" And it was him. Mm. It was Ethan Bullimore. I'd get the number and then check my phone what number, and it was him. He he impressed me the way he carried the football, mate. And uh, you know, you look on the flip side, he's ended up going to Manly. I mean, Manly have got a great history of recruitment under Des Hasler. They built a couple of Premiership winning squads with Crusher Cleal there, a good friend of mine, and he's an astute signing for Manly. I think that's a massive loss. Yeah, it's a big loss, especially for young guys coming through and especially in that forward spot. Um, I wouldn't say it's something they lack because they have got a good sort of um, – they've got good forwards coming through there. But, yeah, definitely a big loss, Ethan Bullymore. Uh, Xavier Coates I thought was a massive one, a massive one. I Agreed. That Brisbane let him go. He was probably Agreed. one of the most talented players players in the back line at one stage he was just Agreed. carving up that was a big blow two years in when a row. The, when 
when because I live up here, mate, so I'm surrounded by people who support Brisbane. And when that news came through, some of them were we thought, geez, what's three of them were saying, what's happening to our club, basically. Mm. That was the one that really rocked everybody up here. He was so talented for them. And I'm surprised yeah. that Brisbane didn't at least, I don't know if it's a salary cap thing or whatever. I know they were interested in signing Reynolds, Capewell. Maybe it was the fact that they thought that they couldn't keep him in the side. But, geez, I'd be letting blokes go to keep a guy like Xavier Coates. He's Maybe he didn't want to stay, mate. Maybe he didn't want to stay. And I think one thing we've not spoken about with all these losses, we keep talking about it as if it's the club's decision. Mm. Mate, the way player agents are and the way some of these players are, they are... Uh, they're almost like consumers who go to the highest bidder or the best bidder or um, to the best program, the best culture. And you've got to ask yourself, why is Tabita, Pangai Jr., Xavier Coates, Ethan Bullimore leaving Brisbane as well? So we don't know the full story. Obviously, Brisbane Broncos aren't going to announce, oh, Ethan Bullimore left because he hates our culture. But, mm. you know, we, we don't know. I, this, this adds to the theory, mate, about them not being not being quite ready, mate, to to challenge the honours. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, I mean, just look at the list, mate. Look how many ins and outs there are. It it takes it takes a few years to build a Premiership team, and even when you've built a Premiership team, it doesn't mean you're going to win the Premiership. It means you're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. There's, Seven new signings there in your signings list. Tamari Martin is a maybe because he don't forget he was retired. Mm. I don't think Ryan James is the best prop forward in the world. Mm. He's not somebody you're considering, but he's not a bad player. Billy Walters, um, he might have done all right, okay, in some trials and, and whatnot. But again, I mean, how many other clubs were competing with, with Brisbane for Billy Walters' signature? Yeah, probably um, not many. Jordan Pereira, good signing. Brent Coley, good signing. Kurt Catewell, a good signing. Adam Reynolds is not a spring chicken. Mm. How many halves have the Broncos had in the last couple of years? The, the, the season just gone, the Broncos changed halves more than they changed their own underpants. <laughs> they, there were so many different combinations. <laughs> like it's... They're still talking about it now. I was looking at some media reports and they reckon Kevy doesn't know he's starting six and seven. And this has been one of the big downfalls of the of the Kevin Walters era for me, the chopping and changing. If that's true, I don't know. I'm just saying it's been one of the downfalls. Um, they need some stability there. I look at Anthony Milford. All they ever tried to do with Anthony Milford was put a, a square peg in a round hole. Milford is an instinct player, so let him play with his instincts. Let him run. His instinct is to run, so don't ask him to organise. They totally mismanaged that. In the last few years, they've had Corey Pates, Tana Boyd, uh, the fellow who ended up going to the Warriors, um, Nicarima. Mm. They're just three names I can just think of where they're in the halves at some point. Uh, what the Broncos do have up their sleeve, and they seem to be managing it a bit better recently is the, the Queensland Cup players that come up. So I thought Gamble. I think Gamble should be in your key players for 2022. His development this year is going to be really crucial. Um, and he will be either at the... He'll be in one of the pivotal positions at some point. Um, 
yeah, I just I see this as a club in transition. And that's why I stopped short of saying what you did, Les, about them, them looking red hot. I think they look better, but I still look at that defensive side of the ball. Um, defence is an attitude and um, what what these new players need to do is bring that defensive attitude with them. They were, I remember a game against the Bulldogs where it almost seemed that they were trying to be as bad as each other. And Broncos basically just scored more points than the Broncos. That was how they won the game. I know that sounds a bit obvious, but the 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 Bulldogs scored a few, so the, the the Broncos scored a few more, and it just spoke volumes to me that this team wasn't wasn't capable of closing out games through their defense. Kevin Walters does have a bit of the Ricky Stewarts and the Des Hazlers about him that. He can fire up a team if they're struggling. I remember the the game against Penrith when they nearly rolled them at some court. Mm. They had a few tough weeks and all of a sudden they nearly rolled Penrith. Um, There was another game a bit later. I forget which game it was, but they won a game and you thought, geez, I thought Ben Eichen was their best signing last year. He obviously changed some things at the club. I think the Ben Eichen and Kevin Walters relationship is crucial this year. I'm not convinced Kevy will still be the coach at the end of this year. I've got to be honest, and that's nothing personal against Kev or about his coaching. Um, I'm just not so sure he will be. I, I just get that feeling. I mean, if things are, le- are leaking out of the joint and a ball hasn't been kicked, I mean, mm. what what kind of problems have they got there? Yeah, it's very interesting, Brisbane. And I definitely didn't think of them this way um, even before we talked. I, I was thinking that they were a big powerhouse and something to, someone to worry about going into into this season. And some parts of me st- still think they are, but some parts of me are sort of starting to agree with what you're saying, again, with the leaked media things. And, you know, as you said, Adam Reynolds at the end of his peak, as a South Sydney supporter, I was spewing. South Sydney, I, I every South Sydney supporter I spoke to was spewing when he left. But then you sort of start to see all these injuries that he's copping up. And mm. I remember talking to a couple of guys that were inside the SG ball camps and uh, just, you know, dads of uh, my dad's mates uh, who sort of um, are involved in South in some way. And he had hip flex injuries and leg injuries throughout the season uh, as well. So, and he also had that game, I think it was a game before the grand final, maybe it was even the grand final where he had, he had a, a bad leg and he wasn't doing any goal kicking. He wasn't doing any in play kicking. He was very quiet uh, in the kicking department. And then the next game, obviously in the grand final, it was actually the game before the grand final, but in the grand final, he sort of started to kick a little bit more, but we weren't seeing Mm. the best of him. I think this is a longer issue. And I think South have sort of picked up that he has got some sort of injury that could, I won't say it will, and this is going to sound super controversial, um, but so I think South may have picked up that they, he has had some injury for some quite some time and said, hey, maybe look, um, you, we're going to test you on the you, – you can test yourself on the market. And, again, we don't know. Outside, it's just outside looking in. We don't know if Adam Reynolds' uh, manager wanted him to leave that club. I know that he wasn't happy with the contract being a one-year deal. Um, don't, they have a, don't they have a policy that they don't offer anybody over – their last contract, they don't ever offer anybody over a one-year deal or something yeah, like that, you, don't they? Have a, you deals like, until the right till the end. I think it was the same with John Sutton and uh, yeah. 
And even Sam Burgess, I think it was only a one-year deal towards the end. It, I mean, it, fair play to South. I mean, since 2013-ish, they've always been in the top echelons of this sport. So mm. people talk about Melbourne and Penrith and Roosters. Souths have been there or thereabouts too all that time. They've never, they haven't dipped out the eight, have they? No, they haven't. During that time. I, right. I, so, might have been one or two, but I don't think they have yeah. really. They're a standard bearer of this competition. And, and that's not just about Wayne Bennett, that's about things that are underneath the organization too. But we're not here to talk about South. But obviously, hmm. that suggests to me that there's something, I agree with you, that there's a bit more behind this Reynolds thing. Because as a fan and you're looking at it, you think, why the hell have they got rid of him? But there's just so much more that goes into it. And that's why um, that's why you've got to dig deeper with this Broncos scenario too. It, it's not that clear cut to me. Don't get me wrong. They could sling, uh, sling a few wins together. Things could go well and they could be in the eight. And everyone be saying, Lee, you know, what's your, you know, why, why were you so down on this, that, and the other? But to me, mate, anybody can get in the eight. I mean, you get into the top eight, it means you're halfway up the ladder. It means you're a middle, mid, mid ladder mediocrity if you're in eights, if you ask me. And since the history of the top eight, there's only been, from memory, one team or two teams get close to winning a grand final. That was Parramatta and North Queensland Cowboys. Um, from from seven four eight, so um, you don't you only have to win fifty percent of your games to get in the eight. You only have to win one of one in two games to be within Cooey of getting in the eight. And I don't think that's a big too big a jump for the Broncos. I do, however, think that they're not they're not going to win a premiership. There's still a long way to go to build the club in the way that it should be built. I think they need to reform their club as a competing club that, that has to fight for every signing. I mean, they have to fight Redcliffe now and the Gold Coast Titans for every kid in mm. South East Queensland. Not only that, the Sydney clubs have more involvement up here than they ever have. I've been up here a decade and I've seen it increase. Right, A lot of my assistant coaches from different places have now got jobs working as scouts for Sydney and RL sides. And they live within 40 kilometres of my house up here in Brisbane. So the, the Broncos can't live on the 80s and 90s anymore. Under Ben Eichen, they've got a great person that knows a lot about uh, governance, who knows a lot about roster management, or at least he used to talk about that on NRL 360 a lot anyway. I have a lot of faith in him as an operator. I think even he would know that they are nowhere near the finished article. There is obviously doubts over the coach as well. I mean, what's his record? Uh, other coaches have done better at the Catalans in, in Super Leagues that since Kevy left. He didn't have a fantastic origin record. He, you could argue he got them in a period of transition from some of the big hitters, but he wasn't he wasn't a dominant Queensland coach. He's improved the Broncos a little bit. Um, but I don't think anybody who goes to Suncorp Stadium was happy with that season last year. They saw it improve, but 
anybody who knows the NRL, anybody who watched the NRL, realised he was a big chunk of real poor sides last year. I mean, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, sometimes the Knights, how they made the eight, um, anyone's guess, but they did. Um, and the Broncos, sometimes to me, they just, and the Cowboys, they were just trying to outdo each other to be as bad as they could be. The Broncos seem to break away from that a little bit once Ben Eichen come. I think, from what I can gather, Ben Eichen put some professional structures in place. Um, in that column on the right, Katoni Staggs, he didn't play that much last year. He's going to be a big, big addition. Again, you could almost argue he goes in the left column because he didn't play that much this year. Um, but they've got to defend the football, mate. They've got to be better on that side of the football. They've got to build pressure in games. They've got to stop thinking of them as games of basketball where they can just score a basket at will, and then it doesn't matter if the opposition score a basket. Like they, they've got to, they've got to build some pressure, and Reynolds being there will be key to that. Yeah, well, I, I really hope that um, the Bronx. I hope we're wrong. Honestly, I hope we're wrong. And Brisbane, Me too, yeah. a, a really, really good season. I, I, I've got nothing against the Broncos. It'd be great for me to watch a red hot team down here. You know, like it. Mm. That'd be great. Um, it'd make an awful lot of my friends happy. But this club has been through an awful lot. Yeah, it's been a bit of a basket case in so many ways. Like um, they don't like to give an aura of being a basket case because they're a big Brisbane. Blah, blah. Mm. But times have changed, and only the old master coach got them within Cooey of winning a grand final since two thousand and six. He got them close in twenty fifteen. And their treatment of him was shoddy too. The way they, the whole Seabold thing, mm. how that was allowed to play out, that him took him coming to the club, and the way it was dealt with when he was here, really poor. Um, and I just don't think these things can be fixed overnight. I really don't. I hope Kevy does well. He, he, um, I know a couple of his family and things, and know people who know him, and great bloke. So everyone wants him to succeed. Um, but it's going to be a it's a lot more work, I think, than than people think. Yeah, for sure. Um, you look at the win ratio last year; it was seven wins, seventeen losses. And mm. there's some players you can argue in that side it wasn't by their fault. Um, it it was just I wouldn't say luck of the draw, but it was quite unlucky the past two years for the Brisbane Broncos and. Brisbane being a team where if you were a young kid coming through and up in Queensland, that's sort of the club where you'd want to go to. Whereas now, you know, Sam Walker, Reese Walsh, both Brisbane guys, really talented Brisbane guys at that as well, now offered other clubs. Um, and you've got to remember Suncorp Stadium as well. I was talking to my dad about this a week ago about different sports and home and away advantage. There was a time 10 years ago when going to, or 20 years ago when coming up to Lang Park was a nightmare. Now, particularly after season 2021, but most of the players have played most of their season there. So they'll know Suncorp inside out. They'll know the hotels they were staying in. They'll know the journey to the ground. They'll know the sheds. They'll know the how the track travels. They'll know the acoustics in the stadium. That, so that, that home advantage is also... Um, Diluted a little bit as well. Um, yeah, I, I think the hard work is only just starting for Ben Ike and Kevin Walters and the like. And I, I feel for sure they're going to win some games. The the Brisbane crowd does sustain quite well, even when they're going poorly. But they don't like losing and they don't deal with it 
well. And I think for the first time last year, I noticed a reservation amongst the fans. They, 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 they stopped being angry about their performances. There were more, this is just what we like now. And I think that's indicative of the of where the club is at. And it's going to take a bit more climbing out. Um, I would not be surprised if they finish in sixth. I would not be surprised if they finish in tenth. I would be surprised if they finished under tenth or over sixth. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a very interesting year for Brisbane. The key players in that side, I can't believe I forgot to put Payne Haas there because he was such a pivotal part of their last Best prop years. in the game. Best prop in the game. Oh, for sure. He... <laughs> He's really changed the game of front row. He's really changed the yeah. game. And it's a weird to say that about a 21-year-old, but he's yeah. really changed the game for front rowers in general, just the quick, versatile front rower that can yeah. just break you open in an instant, break a defensive yeah. line in an instant. Yeah. It's just it's it's an artwork. Yeah. It's an artwork to yeah. watch. He's definitely one of those guys I'll be watching for the next few Unbelievable. years. Unbelievable. He's a gun. Selwyn Cobbo. Selwyn Cobbo is going to be an interesting one. Um, Herbie Farmworth. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I oh, think I'd he's a talent. And, yeah, I'd love And um, just, you know, he's, he's got a year of first grade under his belt now. So more will happen, I think. Um, hmm. but look, there's no shortage of talent there on the offensive side of the ball. One thing that confuses me is their reliance on the lock. What's his name? The the fellow who's captain sometimes. Oh. Who? Patrick Harrigan. Pat Harrigan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, great, great person. Had a bit of dealings with him. Great person. I just don't see why he's such a big part of their team. I, I, I do like him as a front rower. I think he's a really good front rower. I think Kobe. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Kobe Hetherington's going to be playing a lot more thirteen from the yeah. trial matches as well. He was sensational. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pat Carrigan play in the front row now with Payne Haas, maybe starting front rowers. Um, maybe, yeah. I, I agree with you. He's better at the front row than he is in the back row. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard from just people that have talked about in the media about Kadrick Carrigan, he's. One of those guys that was a leader throughout most of his um, reserve grade time. And we look at guys like uh, Tino Fasulamala-Aoi over at the Titans. He's 21 years old and now he's the skipper over there. Um, they definitely don't have the – I wouldn't say they have a luck in experience at all because they've got guys like Adam Reynolds, like Kurt Capewell, yeah. Lee, much older guys. Even Billy Walters is in that conversation now because he's yeah. like seven years old as well, which surprised yeah. me when I found that out. They definitely don't have the luck in the experience to chuck these guys at captain. It's it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the captaincy this year goes to Adam Reynolds. I think it already is. I think it'll be Adam Reynolds and maybe even Payne Haas. Wouldn't be surprised either if he's sort of that forward leader in that squad. Especially- I think what we're saying is there's more questions and answers about the Broncos already. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got to stop the leaks to the media. I don't know if it's the old boys. There's too many old boys in the media say too many things. Mm. Well, that's a real problem. I mean, on the, on the, on the brink of the season starting for it to come out that Kevin might be training the boys too hard. I mean, not good on him at all. 
the alarm bells just went off in my head when I read that. Yeah, it's a strange one, especially come out just before the season starts. Mm. Um, we'll talk about a bit more of the positives rather than the negatives of Brisbane now, especially with the key oh. players, especially with the key players that they've got here in the side. Um, I'd like to talk a bit of positive, um, but uh, Adam Reynolds positives on him is that if he is injury free throughout the season if we're wrong at the end of the day i'll be happy to cop it um but if yeah. he's injury free it'll be a great season for him billy walters i think would be the perfect partner for him two experienced halves i think he's got a lot of x factor billy walters what about albert kelly what about albert kelly albert kelly he's an interesting one and i do i would if, if he was at six it wouldn't be surprise me especially with the game that indigenous game where he Pe- played people really- people People think if they go to England players that their career's over. Mm. He was a damn good player in England for a couple of years and mm. he wasn't retired. It was not like he was in a nursing home. Yeah. He was still playing rugby league. And um, I remember them talking about him last year as if he'd, he'd not played for 10 years or something. He, he'd played in England. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't, don't keep him out of the mix. Um mm. That he'd be somebody I'd definitely add in there. Billy Walters, uh, I'm yet to be convinced overall about him, um, but I want him to succeed because I see a young kid who's just kept plugging away and plugging away and plugging away, and 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 I'm a massive Reynolds fan too. You say bring you know more positives. Uh, I can't, I can't fault any of their recruitment. I just think they need to do more of it. Mm. Um, and when you have to do a lot of recruitment, it means your starting point isn't very good. You know, yeah, especially Tony like- Staggs. Tony Staggs, great player, great player. What an X factor! He was, hmm. he was head and shoulders above so many people last year when he did play. Hmm. Selwyn Cobbo, what an exciting talent to come through. Ezra Mam, oh, I have yeah. known about Ezra Mam for years through the junior ranks. Here, everyone was talking about him. Ezra Mam, this, Ezra Mam, that, and he's had a good start. Um. The, and Colby Hetherington, he's another one who's had to fight hard to get into the into the mix there, and obviously from a good family pedigree as well. So, um, well, look, there's, there's a lot of positivity. Mm. And don't forget, we're talking about them being a team that's gone from Wooden Spoon to, was it 12th last year or 13th? I and then they're going to be yeah. 6 or 10. Mm. 6 or 10. I mean, that's, that's the trajectory is going up. Yeah. All I'm saying is that they're coming from that lower base that even with all that positivity, they might have a lot more to go. And mm. um, the leaks in the media was definitely bad. <laughs> like, that was really bad. It was surprising. That's what it was. It was just mm. a team a team in the off-season we were hearing so much positives about. And then yeah. all of a sudden, right before we're about to kick off, it's weird. It's just weird is what it is. Um, yeah. But a guy that I'd really want to talk about a bit more is that is Kobe Hetherington. Mm. I watched his highlights the other day, and just in reserve grade, he is such a strong guy. He's a big fella too. He's actually he was weird when I clicked on his player profile last year because I was really interested to see uh, what number he was, stuff like that. Said so he was a hooker. He's six foot. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's oh, he's a big boy. I know he's a big boy, um, but that's just how you know that if you chuck him at thirteen, he's got the ball skills. He's 
he, I'm really excited about Cothering Hetherington. I think he's definitely one of the guys to watch for them. I I believe he might have been a bit unlucky in that he's been behind mm. Pat Carrigan a fair bit. Yeah, I think it's a good thing rather than a bad thing. I think it's had the other one. The other one is TC TC Rabati. TC Rabati's a freak. He's a freak. I found I found him in Auckland. I found him and brought him over. Well, that's a good bloody find. <laughs> yeah, he um, he's like Martin Lang. You know, like Martin Lang used to run at anything yep. and not care. Well, TC's got that, except he's got a bit more footwork and a bit more about him. And mm. I might be wrong. I'm sure I saw him leading the team out the other day, at least for the second half. I might be wrong. I only glanced at the TV screen. So I think he's emerging at the Broncos. I think this is going to be a big year. you got to remember, Les, what happens sometimes is people stick their head above the parapet one season or in the trials and come up with a good performance. But then the opposition do an awful lot of scouting on them and find their weaknesses. They find their weak shoulder in defence or they find which hand they're not as good at palming off with and or which foot they kick with most and yada, yada, yada. So the more a player comes through the sport, the more the opposition coaching staff know about him and therefore the players. So the players will talk to you and say they've got all this information about their opposite number. So anybody who breaks out at any point they've got to add more to their game for the year after because the opposition find out. If I use the analogy of cricket, that's why some batsmen go really well for two years and all of a sudden the opposition find a weakness and they can't score a run. But it's a bit like that in rugby league. So there's an awful lot of homework goes into all these players. So when you're looking at breakout players, straight away all the opposition coaches will start looking at them and seeing if there's something strange in their game, some kind of uh, uh, idiosyncrasy that they can exploit. I, re I remember being at Manly under Des and we were studying Jonathan Thurston's, Thurston's kicking map and you basically couldn't plot it because he was all over the field. And, and it's only special players that keep adding different things to their bow. James Tedesco is another one. Uh, I know we're not talking about the Roosters or, or Manly, but the Jake... The, the the James Tedesco and Jake uh, uh, Tommy Tobrovich dynamic is really interesting. James Tedesco has been the best fullback in the game for a couple of years, and all of a sudden, Tommy Turbo was a winning and score trying machine. Well, do you think James Tedesco was sat there in the off season and decided that he's just going to let Turbo get all the all the all the freight, no. or has he worked on this game? And hmm. if you listen to Teddy talk, he does loads of work on his game and wants others. So you have to keep evolving. So, um, in in the key player section, you've got to look at how players keep evolving. And that's where somebody like Billy Walters jumps out at me in that I think he's never had it all his own way in his career. He's certainly not a daddy's boy in the sense that, oh, that's Kevin Walters' son, let's make sure he plays. He's, ne he's never had that. Yeah. He's had to do it all off his own boat. And he's still in there fighting. Um but Selwyn Cobo and Ezra Mam, their journey is only just starting in the game. Like they are going to, they're going to get studied more than ever. And these are just the, these are just the machinations that go on behind the scenes. And then on top of that, you've got to ask, what can the Brisbane Broncos staff work out about other teams? And and then that comes down to Kevy and his coaching staff and how ahead of the curve they are too. So, um, really interesting, really interesting. And I mean, a look at the losses column. We keep you talking about the the ins. 
Milford, for all his malign nature, very experienced. Pangai Jr., experienced. John Asiata, Premiership winner and also played in a couple of grand finals. Ethan Bullimore, we've talked about his um, qualities. Xavier Colts, talked about his qualities. Alex Glenn was a spiritual leader of Broncos for a mm. long time there. So, yeah, it's just... There's more questions and answers about the Broncos this year, with with all due respect to everyone, and uh, but they are heading in the right direction. Yeah, I can agree. They're definitely a long road ahead, but um, definitely in the right direction for sure, um, and, and looking like a really good side. Will, thank you, Lee, for coming on. Uh, it was a great first episode. Great way to kick us off. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, and. Um, I can't wait for the next week too. It's going to be a crap. Yeah, no, mate. You said we'd be an hour. That was one hour and forty-two minutes. Well, so I'll have to. Ch- I'll have to charge you now, double time. Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I can't make any promises. Next time, I'm just not going to give you a time limit. I'm just gonna. Yeah, yeah, no. Say, I've enjoyed it too. I've enjoyed it too. And thanks for all the slides that you did. That was it. Was great, and it was good to just look across the list. So well done, mate. And uh, all power to you and your and your little venture. Thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Well, that's it, guys. That's the end of episode one. I hope you really enjoyed this one. It was so fun to record. He's a really nice guy, Lee. So make sure you go give him a follow at the Rugby League Coach and also on YouTube as well. He does a lot of stuff on YouTube regarding the Super League. So definitely make sure you go and give him a follow. Very smart football, very smart football brain um, and a great bloke, as I said before. But thank you for choosing Big Luzzers League and all rugby league experience. Next week, we'll be doing this all again with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Gold Coast Titans, and the Cronulla Sharks. Thank you for choosing Big Luzzers League and all a rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend, and I'll see you guys in the next one.